It's time, it's time for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. now. Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. We're your host, Chris Schubert's here floating around producing this thing. We're brought to you by Bet Online, your number one source for all your sports betting needs. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends over at Bet Online. They are your continued source for all sports wagering information, including live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. They have every sport, so if you're into this basketball, NHL, whatever's going on, you can find it over at Bet Online. And if you sign up today, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just be sure to use our promo code BLEAVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. It's Bet Online, and it's where the game starts. Kyle, a happy National Pig Day to you. That's right, man. Celebrate the I, I wish I'd have known. I'd I'd have had a pig on the soundboard ready oh, to go. You know, I didn't I didn't warn you. Um, but big shout out to the pigs, man. They do a lot of great things for us. Good animal. What what what's your favorite contribution to society oh, from, I, from pigs? Nope. Nope, 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 nope. Chris has burned a timeout nope. in the first I'm, 30 I'm seconds of today. Yep, I'm burning a timeout early. In the show, because I think this is the biggest indication that a stance that I have is 100% accurate because my friend Joe had all of the days available to him on March 1st, and he picked National Pig Day over National Peanut Butter Lovers Day. G- take your peanut butter and get out of here. I didn't want terrible- to. I didn't want to have this moment. I didn't want you oh to my God. Well, hang guess yourself you're up gonna, the drive. You're, you're going to have it anyway. like peanut butter. You're not even allergic to it. If you're allergic to it, that's fine. But peanut butter is delicious. Also, shout out to the lovely listeners in Minnesota. It's National Minnesota Day today. Yeah. Oh, Minnesota. Minnesota. Uh, you can also plan a solo vacation day. Has anybody ever done that? Went on a vacation by yourself? Define vacation. You went somewhere that wasn't where you live. Like You went to a destination and went by yourself. I've done this. I went to Santorini by myself for three days. How was it? Relaxing. I do a lot of solo travel for like games, like going to the St. Pete for the shrine when it was in the shrine or when it was in St. Pete. And I love St. Pete area. So you've been known to go go down to Miami gardens from time to time. Oh yeah. Been down for a lot of dolphins games on solo trips and staying at Airbnbs within walking distance from the stadium. And so, yeah, I, I, I would say that. Yes, I have Christopher. Oh, feline. We have a feline. Can't say I have, Joe. Can't say I have. Is that Mittens or is that Logan? Who we got here? It looks like Logan's. I thought that oh. was Mittens. Yeah. You could tell because she's twice the size of, yeah, of Logan. That was, that was oh, that's, come on. Be respectful. Well, it's pretty close to twice the size. <laughs> mittens, thank you for uh, your contributions to society here on this I National think, Pig Day. I think. <laughs> little slob. Little slop. <laughs> This is first time on the show. First time. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Logan's made a few appearances. Yeah, he pops in and out. All right. Well, um, it's also March 1st. 
Uh, the NFL scouting combine is getting underway. We, we heard from some of the head coaches and GMs, and later in the week the players will start hitting the field for the testing that we all love to follow. And so today on the podcast we're going to focus on the offensive side of the football and talk about some of the stuff we're excited to see and some of the biggest storylines for the offensive players entering the week. I'm burning a timeout. I feel like we should acknowledge the first major move of business that was conducted during Senior Bowl or NFL Combine Week. Deron Payne got the franchise tag. Mm-hmm. I feel like we should at least acknowledge this maneuver as the first franchise tag that was handed out. It happened during Combine Week, uh, like. What was it last like late last night? It was like in the middle of the night. I woke up and yeah. saw the news. Yeah. Like Schefter's tweeting out at 1230 at night that Payne got the, the franchise tag. And <laughs> it's like, oh, OK. Like, um, So that that is something to watch this week as well. Obviously, when the entire NFL congregates in one spot, um, there's a lot of conversations that are had between teams and representation for for players, uh, for brain trust to brain trust for teams and so on and so forth. So I, I think you, you'll probably see a lot of traction start to take place this week. Um, and Washington did not waste any time getting the first major move of the first of the 10 tier one free agents that, that I had coming into um, the start of free agency is now off the books because he got the franchise tag. I also heard that, be the last. I also heard that there's a, um, a player in Indianapolis, whose last name is a mode of transportation, that's uh, having some conversation. True, you know he's you know who he's meeting with again mm-hmm. for the second time. Yeah, well, I know he's meeting with uh, you know the Carolina Panthers as well. He's also, he's also meeting with the Jets for a second time. Yeah, the Jets. Let's go. We have two modes of transportation, right? A car and a jet. The jet car and the what, Jets. Man. Let's get that. Wow. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Right. I just need I just need somebody with you know with a train sort of name and we're good. <laughs> Could you imagine that t-shirt? Yeah, it'd be amazing. Is is there anybody Hold at, on, I'm looking this stand by, class. stand by. <laughs> Player they can sign, you know, something with a train, charcoal. Right. Charcoal. Coal. <laughs> yeah, bring bring JHI out of uh oh. Out of retirement. A-chain. You're going to have to get Devin A-chain, you know, for the A-train. College Station. They do the railroad tracks thing. There you go. Somebody from Purdue, you know. All right. Payne Durham. (laughs) Michael Clemens looks like a train and he's from Texas A&M. Do you want to count that? No, no, I don't. All right. Maybe if we get through the offensive uh, preview here for the... uh, the co- the combine we can find somebody with a uh, with let's a, let's do that. That's one of our let's main objectives here, outside of you know talking about all the other stuff. We already had the Bryce Young's not throwing conversation yesterday, right? That happened. We did. Okay. We did. Yeah. All right. So for for quarterbacks, like what what's popping for you? I know we get to see some big arm dudes and Levis and Richardson, but like outside of that, what's uh, what stands out to you about these guys? And I I want to know how freakish Anthony Richardson's athletic profile is. I think that's probably the number one storyline for me because beyond the top four guys, Hennon Hooker's not 
testing, understandably so, recovering from a knee injury. Would you put anybody else in tier two? For quarterbacks? Yeah. No, probably. I mean, no, I'm, I'm not really in on the Tanner McKees of the world. Um, I think Jake Kaner is probably a tier three guy for me. Right. I still need so to do if some- you're not tier one or tier two, as far as like the, the narratives and the storyline for the event, like, I'm sorry, but I don't, right. I don't care. So it's Richardson's athletic profile is the thing for me. We'll get a chance to get a measurement on Stetson Bennett. I don't know how interesting that is, but like a big time college football name over the last two years. Um, one of those just doesn't really have NFL traits, but is going to get a chance. I'm interested in at least knowing how big he is, right? I want to know his measurements. I Not that I think much of him as a prospect, but. Now, when you get the measurement, just remember he stood directly next to Bryce Young and was an inch and a half taller than him in that photograph. Well, yeah, we're going to get Bryce Young's measurements, right? From my understanding, I don't think you can not measure, right? That's part of the deal at the Combine. Everybody measures. Kyler Murray did not measure, or he did, and it was under lock and key. We, I don't think we ever got his official measurements. Well, was the number one pick in the draft. Right. So that there's all this debate on whether or not it matters, and there's historical evidence for for guys who elected to, to pass on these typically associated boxes that you have to check. And if the conditions are right, you're still going to go very high. Does Tanner McKee, the Stanford quarterback, have any fans out there? Like, I felt like he did earlier in the season. I've kind of lost touch with, like, what the narratives are there. I, I'm not a fan, but is do people think he's a Tier 2 quarterback with, like, the hand and hookers of the world? I know um, Mike Renner's high on him. Okay. He, I know he he's been high on him for a while, so he's that's the reason why he he comes to my mind as the person who is high. I haven't seen a lot of. I also haven't seen very many like two round mocks. Yeah, I know he's not going in the first round of a lot of mocks. I don't know where the perception is, but I'd probably put him in the Davis Mills stratosphere as low-hanging fruit for another Stanford quarterback, and I get that's low-hanging fruit and all that, but that's probably where my mind would go if I had to with um, Tanner McKee. It's the random Stanford quarterback bucket that includes Davis Mills, Tanner McKee, and, like, remember uh, Trent Edwards? I certainly do. Like just third round random. Why'd you not, do that to yourself? Because you I, didn't have to do. You didn't have to do when that I to think yourself. You didn't have to that quarterback. Name. I take myself to dark places. You didn't. You didn't have to go there. No, well, I figured. You know, I think that was was probably a great time for non Bills fans in the AFC East to to see the Bills with Dick Duran and Trent Edwards. You know, good times. Chris, anything from uh, quarterbacks that uh, is interesting to you before we get to the uh, running backs? Yeah, I think with this position in particular, I'm fascinated with everybody in the same building and everybody talking. If we get a kind of unified consensus, this is the guy that's viewed as the QB one of this class, right? I think that's the question we've always been asking ourselves is what is the league 
view this as and with everybody together people will start to talk and i wonder if there's a consensus and a buzz that begins to formulate as the week progresses man i don't know if that's going to happen but i i think if a team traded to number one right now right let's just say it happens insert whatever team we're going to talk ourselves in and out of four different guys that they traded up for <laughs> right it's it's the san francisco yes at three thing Right, we went. We, we talked ourselves into all three: Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and Mac Jones. Hey, by the way, did did we see the uh, latest Mac Jones report? No, I'm pretty sure you have this on some type of like daily email that you get. <laughs> all the Mac Jones rumblings out there. What what's what's up, man? Uh, so this came out on. Uh, I guess it was yesterday. Uh, report Patriots coaches were instructed not to be too hard on QB Mac Jones in an effort to protect him from being too critical of himself. There was an issue during 2021 with Jones struggling after getting yelled at sources told Henry McKenna. AFC East reporter for Fox sports. Seems like everything's going well, man. It's really working out. Had to <laughs> take it easy on old Hack Jones. M- McCorkle. McCorkle. Yeah. All right. We got some running backs. Um, Thanks for bringing up Mac Jones. So I had an excuse to mention that. Yeah. Way. Yeah. Glad to do it. Uh, running backs. They're all shapes, sizes, skill sets. I like a lot of these backs. I'm excited to see some of the the speed testing when you look at a guy like Israel Abana Candon from Pittsburgh who top five back. Have you I, I saw you I I saw okay, I'm not gonna disclose what I saw, but there's I knew that there was something that you <gasps> liked here. You peaked? I didn't peak. You sent it to me a text message last night and asked me what I thought. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> you can say where you saw it. I don't know what it is. Some kind of thing. Kyle's doing mock uh, off seasons. I'm thinking for the it's my off season blueprint for the Dolphins. Right, and it, part of that is Israel Banacanda, which I I'm a little surprised. It feels like you're like super in. That was one of my yeah. That was one of my like. I'm surprised. I, I like the size. I like the explosiveness. I don't, I don't see a very nuanced runner. I feel like I feel like you're into Sean Tucker and Israel Banacanda this year, and I'm like eh, uh, mid round guy. I don't know how into Sean Tucker I am anymore. I was into Sean Tucker during the summer, and then Sean Tucker had the year in which he had, in which he needed like 600 yards against like Howard Mer- Wagner or, or something. Mercer or <laughs> Wagner. Those, we yeah. do, yeah. Like uh, the school who's like your school name is like the last name of somebody in a law firm, right? You know they don't have a good and you put like six hundred yards up and six touchdowns against that school to get a thousand yards on the year. I'm more of a um, Orande Gadsden Jr. Stan than I am. Tight end, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, all I know is he's got mitts just like his daddy. Biggest hands he plucks in the world. that ball out of the air like nobody's business. That'll fingers. be that'll be a name for next year. Okay, but anyways, like he's like a 215 pound back that's gonna run fast. I want to see a it. Like I, or a Sean Tucker? A band, well, both. Both of those guys are gonna run fast, really fast for their size. So, what round do you think you can get Israel Abanikan in? Fourth. 
I think that's where it starts for me. That's where I start thinking about it. What round do you think you would have to draft Devon Achain in? Man, I... Okay, can we be real about this? That's one of the most confusing players in this class in terms of, like, I see him mocked second round. Correct. 180-pound back, man. Like, Correct. They don't like, exist. Right, it's not a thing. Like you, he's like you don't be play a, running back at that size. He's going to be like a little satellite back, right? Like t- the, the Tariq Hol- Cohen plan. We saw that lasts a little bit, but there's there's a shelf life there that concerns me as a second rounder. I mean, I, I like the, the perfect, explosiveness, man. I do. Like he's a fun player. I have the perfect name. I just have to go search for it. But I I would agree with you in that. Like if if you want four three explosive speed. You can get a Israel Abanacanda. You can get Jameer Gibbs. Who else do we think runs 4-3 out of this group? 4-3. Mm. Tucker. I think Tucker runs 4-3. You think Tucker does run 4-3? Yeah, I think he, yes, I do. I think, he, I think he's the one that you most have to worry about the vision and instincts issues as compared to Abanacanda and Jameer Gibbs. So I think Abanacan is the best blend of vision, explosiveness, and stature, where I think Gibbs has the explosiveness and the vision, but doesn't have the stature. And I think Tucker has the stature and the explosiveness, but not the, the vision. Does it make no, sense? Yeah, I, yes, it does. Um, another 4-3 back is probably Keaton Mitchell from East Carolina. He's another 5'9", 180-pound back, so don't get too excited, but... Um, kind of speeds the name of the game there uh, was like manually clocked at a four, three going into ECU. So I think there's a lot of expectation for him to run really fast. What about the other side of this, Kyle, where you look at some of these bigger backs where you feel like it's very meaningful if they can hit four fives versus I'm concerned. This might be a high four, six, maybe in four, seven guy. I think it's a bummer that, um, We just found out that um, what's his name is not going to test. Kenny McIntosh. No, I'm reading through the name. So just give me a second. Dwayne McBride, the UAB Dwayne, running back. Dwayne McBride. Thank you, Chris. Dwayne McBride, I think, could be that kind of player. But we're not going to know. Right. Like Kendra um, Miller's another one. His 40 is going to be interesting. Yeah, it's you're gosh imp- darn right it is, Joe. It's going to be important for him. Yeah. Tank Bigsby, I think so. I have I have the uh, Devon Achain name. Okay. Ready for this? This player... Checked in at five foot eight, 173 pounds. Was drafted in the third round, 97th overall. Rushed for 1,400 yards and 16 touchdowns during his junior season in college. Uh, had 198 total touches for 1990 yards from scrimmage, 10.1 yards per touch. He averaged 9.6 yards per touch and 30 touchdowns over his final two seasons in college. 
I know who this player is. I cannot think of his name. He's like went to like Toledo or something like that. That's that's absolutely correct. And he signed I mean, with the know, Bills it, and then it, never not, showed not up. Toledo. Man. Not Toledo. What the heck's this guy's name? It was Kent State. He ran What's a four two six. His his first name's like I think it's like initials, isn't it? No. No. Did this guy is this the player that signed with the Bills and then never showed up? I wish I could tell you. I could tell you this player got drafted in 2014. I know exactly who this is. Oh, I think I know who this is. I think I know. This is going to bother ahead, me. Chris. Dre, it's Dre Archer. Dre Archer. Dre yeah, that's Archer. what I was going to say. Yes. It is Dre I Archer. It. I had it the whole way. So Dre Archer was drafted as a wide receiver. But he was five foot eight. 173 pounds, ran a 4.26, got drafted 97th overall, was a uh, definitively a running back at Kent State, and then Dre Archer in his NFL career. Anybody know what kind of numbers Dre Archer put up for his career? I'm guessing it wasn't very good. He touched the ball 17 times for 63 yards from scrimmage. That's the concern. Because that's the closest parallel I have between what Devon Achain's reported numbers are and a player of that stature being this kind of player. Same initials, too. Makes you, makes you mm. think. Can he beat Tariq wow, Cohen for a couple Chris. of years? Like a, What's, what was your question? Tariq, can he beat Tariq Cohen for a couple of years? Before the injuries? Yeah, five five six one one seventy nine for Tariq. Yeah, he could be. I think this is the right. This is the range of outcomes, right? What other players do you have in this size stratosphere that are examples and body of work? And the, then you the get na- into you want to bulk him up and all that. Okay, then like, what a roll of the dice. We want to stack 20 pounds on Achain and get him to 195. What's he look like? What's he what's he run like? You have Garrett no idea. Wolf. It's it's horrifying. Yeah. And there's no questioning that the, the talent is obvious. He's a gifted player. But the stature at this position is just not would you rather draft Joe? Would you rather draft Devon Achain in the third round or Deuce Vaughn in the sixth round? Deuce Vaughn in the sixth round. If I'm going to throw away a pick, I might as well throw away, throw away a sixth rounder and not a third rounder mm. for the opportunity cost. So that that's Achain is the big mystery bag for the event. Can you show up at 190 and do the full gauntlet and still be explosive? Okay, I think if you do it, at least puts you into discussion in our minds to get you out of that stratosphere of Tariq Cohen and Dre Archer. Yeah, it's not a good place to be. See what he weighs in on. That's going to be an important one. Wide receivers? Wide receivers. To me, it starts with Jackson Smith and Jigba in that 40-yard dash. I mean, we've had speed concerns, and not not that – I don't expect him to run fast and I still like him as a player, but to me, if he runs, if he runs better than expected, that, that excites me more, right? Like, as opposed to me thinking that this is like a mid to high four fives, maybe a four, six guy without explosive speed. I like, I like his 
technical ability. He's like a very crafty player. I like his processing, like his hands, like his ball skills, like his route running. I just don't like his his explosiveness, or at least what we saw on tape. And so I think that's a player that I'd like, but I could like even more if I get a little more juice than expected on him. Um, what's the winning number for him? If he runs blank, he wins. If that second number is a four, that's huge. <laughs> yeah. Huge. I kind of think he'll run in the low four fives on the fastest. Run a four five, we'll run a four five two and we'll never talk about your speed ever again. Right. 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 What did Robert Woods run? That's my comp for him. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Robert Woods. I think he ran like a four five. Four five one. With, a four five two with a four we'll four never, seven I, I shuttle we'll, seven one five three code horrible. Uh, good player. Wide receiver should just never player. run the three code. No, no wide receiver should ever run the three code. I mean, obviously, there's ton, tons more names here. At receiver. The ten yard split for Quentin Johnson, I think, is important as well. And I don't, I don't know how much alleviation you're going to have if you have questions of Quentin Johnson inside the contact window right now. I don't think the combine is going to provide that answer for you, but I would, I would at least have a little bit more peace of mind knowing that Quentin Johnson is explosive in the first 10 yards where he does at least appear to be high hipped and high cut as you would expect with his stature, but a little bit more of a buildup speed in the first out of the blocks. I, I, there's no question when he opens his strides, he can fly. But the 10 yard for me is the test for Quentin Johnson. I'm most interested in. I think with these receivers in general, I mean, I'm just going through the names and I, there's a lot of guys that I expect to test. Well, um, I mean, literally just so many names. And I think where it's going to get interesting is the guys that don't, that I expect to, to perform well. And then having to ask yourself some questions about the translatability of their athletic profile. You know, smaller guys that Jordan Addison, Tank Dell, uh, Darius Davis, Josh Downs, Marvin Mims, Zay Flowers. Um, these guys, uh, Trey Tucker, Tyler Scott, these guys have to go out and validate the explosiveness that we saw on tape because small and slow ain't going to work in the NFL. So you need to validate that for a lot of these guys. I'm a, I'm a little bit more worried about the bigger body guys uh, that, that might not test well. Two, uh, you think about A.T. Perry from Wake mm-hmm. Forest. Mm-hmm. Dare I throw Rasheed Rice out there? No, it's fair. After the week that he had in, in Mobile? Yeah. Um. Justin Shorter from Florida. I'm just looking for big body guys. Joseph Ngata, like Mingo, Jonathan Mingo, Mississippi. Jonathan uh, Mingo. Yeah. Y'all got to show us something. Yeah. Right. I, I put Xavier Hutchinson in this bucket. How about uh, Dontavian Wicks, Virginia? Dontavian Wicks and Michael Wilson. Yeah. Stanford, Michael Wilson. Thank you. I forget. Not everybody knows where all the players went to school. Grant DuBose um, from Charlotte. Oh, yeah. DuBose is a big one. Mm hmm. Um, Wilson had a good week at the senior bowl from Stanford, but his teammate, Elijah Higgins ended up getting some run with tight ends. 
and he's the more bigger-bodied guy anyway. Bryce Ford Wheaton from West Virginia. Yep. Good point. Like you, you can't be these big-bodied stature guys and run four six. You can't. Because now the narrative is separation is going to be an issue. At least if you're smaller and you're a four six guy, you can still have like short area quickness. But if you're tall, long bodied guy, like that's not even on the table for you. Yeah. You mentioned tight ends and Elijah Higgins from Stanford getting some run at tight end at the senior bowl. We've we've really I think we've spent a lot of time on tight ends because we really like this class. Um, and so it's certainly exciting now to, to get the athletic testing behind them, but Darnell Washington's a name that I can't get out of my head from Georgia, you know, six, seven, two seventy, something like that, but some really eye-opening numbers reported about what he's going to run. I mean, he's getting in the four sixes at two seventy. man, <laughs> that's going to be really intriguing. I was uh, gonna pull up a soundbite for the soundboard, but I didn't go risk long of, enough. Of, of Chris, you you didn't go long enough, and in risk of Chris tanking the entire show for copyright purposes, mm. I will not uh, pull up a short clip of the Stranger Things lead in with like, Brenton out of all Strange. The, out of all the Strange. things, you, out of all the things you could think that would would get us in trouble. You're like, oh, no, let's play the Stranger Things music. Netflix won't come after us or anything. If it's three seconds for educational purposes. I, I didn't know you I think, watched the I think show. It's, I think it's those last couple of words that are going to be up for interpretation there. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do, <laughs> right? Uh, Brenton Strange, I think, is really slept on. Penn State, tight end. Penn State, tight end. I was getting there, Joe. Sure. I, can, I, Joe, I was the getting there. I appreciate your commitment to that bit. I just appreciate it. So Brenton Strange from Penn State made a lot of plays with the ball in his hands this year. Uh, But he is a bigger body, prototypical Y build. Um, So in the midst of all of this discussion around Dalton Kincaid and Tucker Craft and Michael Mayer and Luke Musgrave and Darnell Washington – this is a guy that didn't go to an all-star event, so he didn't get the bump that Payne Durham got. Right? He, did, he didn't get the, the bump that Luke Schoonmaker got. But at the end of the day, I think he's probably one of the best run-after-catch tight ends in this class. So I'm excited to see what he does and what he puts on display as well in a very crowded tight end field. I mean, there's all the names. Michael Mayer, right? Some people have concerns about the athleticism. He just, I think he just needs to showcase a baseline athletic and skill set. Yeah, he, he I think he'll be fine there. Big names: Musgrave from Oregon State and uh, Kincaid, Utah. Utah. Davis Allen from Clemson might Clemson be a sneaky guy there from uh, from Clemson, as you stated. Like athletically, might turn some heads. How about uh, Zach Kuntz from Old Dominion? I heard he's got some juice. Former Penn State tight end. So. The former Penn State thing's becoming a thing <laughs> over the last couple of years, isn't it? Franklin can recruit him, but keeping him is a different story. Yeah. Offensive line. 
Arm length is going to matter here. a lot here. Um, the, the what's the the short shuttle is like the cheat code, right? As Josh Norris of uh, Underdog Fantasy puts it, you know, if you if you, there's a certain threshold for for offensive line short shuttles that matters a ton. I, I feel like I should pull this up now that I brought it. Somebody wants to filibuster. Uh, no, is, you I didn't help it. me with Dwayne McBride, so you're no, on. No, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll it. just leave you on an island. Didn't yeah. need it. Josh Norris, at Josh Norris on Twitter. Since 2010, just 28 offensive linemen recorded a 4-4-7 short shuttle or better at the Combine. 24 were drafted. Those 24 went on to start 84% of the NFL games. It's a cheat code. So that's a big threshold for uh, offensive linemen is the short shuttle time, and you're, you're looking for sub 447. It's a big one. Yeah, I I just need you to pass the sniff test. If If you had to pick one position group where you could only watch the drills but not watch the testing, you could you could watch the positional drills but not have access to the testing numbers. Would it be offensive linemen? Might be. I think you get a good feel for their ability to bend and stay leveraged, to stay grounded. That ability to redirect, which matters a ton, right? You're gonna yes. guys that go inside outside. You need to be able to redirect and shift and stay coordinated. I, I it probably is the most meaningful, Kyle. That's a good that's a good one. I think like it's it's I could care less about receivers running routes and quarterbacks throwing With no coverage. Right. Yeah, it's it's taking the offensive linemen and doing them, putting them through positional drills at the NFL combine almost puts them so much out of water and it lets you just evaluate their movement skills in a vacuum and how they're how their hinges work and how quick their feet are and wasted movement versus lack of wasted movement. I I think it isolates them so much that it really gives you a valuable chance to assess them in a meaningful way with the on-field stuff that I don't think the other positions get. I mean, yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Maybe, Corner might be number two. See them open their flip their hips, put their foot in the ground, and really open their stride and see how they run. Maybe some linebacker stuff, but with you on the line, which is just fun and ironic because it's the polar opposite of what offensive linemen have to do, right? The other, the other two that you just mentioned, it's like yeah, guys that play in space, you want to see them work in space. Offensive linemen, it's like well, no, you don't play in space, but. And I don't say that to diminish any of the numbers that you just presented via Josh Norris. It's that it's wonderful to have that extra context and to know that that number is that meaningful. But if I had to, if I had to pick just, if I had to pick a position group to just watch the drills and not get the numbers, it would be offensive linemen to be able to apply the movement skills arbitrarily. I think there's a player where the combine can matter a ton at offensive line this year. It's Darnell Wright out of Tennessee. Big right tackle for them. Has played on the left side as well. Really powerful hands, like his temperament. Um, does really well to just 
clamp guys and his hands are really, really good, but you, you get concerned about the functional athleticism. And so for him, I think it's, I think it can be a really big deal for him who you're starting to see him kind of creep up towards more commonly in the first round of mocks. Um, I think it's going to be big. I, um, I shouted out Darnell Wright as a player that I was looking for more clarity on. I, I did a, um, podcast with a good buddy of yours, Brett Whitefield. And, uh, Darnell Wright was the name that came up just because from a movement skills perspective, he feels like a guard, but from a build and stature perspective, he feels like a tackle. Mm -hmm. So I need, I just need to know all the information to know what bucket I'm going to put you in. Really? I think he's, he's suited and built to play tackle. Just the question is the movement skills. He talked about the redirectability and the foot quickness and former five-star recruit, right? Like has all the talent in the world. It's, it's what is your functional athleticism look like? And I think the the contrast there to Dewan Jones will be fun. Um, yeah. With Dewan being such a mammothly large person, I think he'll he's probably surprise. Yes. Like yeah. big dudes, Dewan's bigger, might be more athletic. I think he is more athletic. Or is it at least fair to say that you come away from studying their respective tape feeling better about Jones's functional athleticism than Wright's? Right, which is a big leg up for Dewan Jones because from a, uh, a size perspective, you just look at his, his raw measurements, you're ex- Rare. Like you're in Orlando Brown Jr. territory, right? Well, Orlando really Brown Jr. had like a historically bad combine. I don't think Dewan Jones is going to have that. I don't think the I don't think um I don't think we'll get any player in this class that'll be to that stratosphere in general. But I don't think Darnell Wright will test in that stratosphere either. But like Dewan Jones, I expect to have good testing numbers. It's kind of it's kind of like when you bring up the Orlando Brown thing, it's kind of like it's unfair to predict somebody to have the greatest combine ever. Just like it's not fair for uh, you to predict someone to be as bad as Orlando Brown was. I mean, just as just right. as awful of a performance as you can have. Good good NFL starting tackle is going to make a lot of money. Deserves it. Good for him. But man, you really had to ask yourself some questions about what what. Uh, what his real ability in the NFL is going to be. And it turns out he can play. Do you have a sleeper on the offensive side of the ball who you think the combine will really put some juice for? I like that question. Hmm. A sleeper. If you have one, Feel free. I'll, I'll well, I feel like I name. feel like Brenton Strange could probably be that guy for me, but I feel like that would be lame of me to to come back and take a guy that I've already mentioned. Um, I think Luke Weipler will test very well out of Ohio State. Their center. Oh, good. I'm a little underwhelmed with his tape, um, but I think from a, I don't know. I kind of go back to this this group of Luke Fortner and Cam Jurgens last year and feel like the blueprints there for a Luke Weipler to test well and wind up being a day two pick. That's groomed to be someone's starter. I think he could fall into that type of arc. How about, um, 
I'll give you one. We mentioned all these big bodied guys. We didn't mention this one. Uh, Jason Brownlee from Southern Mississippi. I think he might have a chance to put his flag versus some of these other big body guys that we talked about. I think he'll probably move a little better than a number of them. So I'll put I'll put Jason Brownlee as, as a sleeper. Defense tomorrow? I'll uh, I'll oblige. Great. Let's let's plan on it. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert. Thanks to our friends over at Bet Online for their continued support of the show. We hope you guys have a great rest of your day. We will talk with you again tomorrow. Happy Combine Week. Keep your eyes peeled for the news. We got you covered here on the show all week long. Hope to talk to you all again tomorrow. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube.